بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم سورت النازعات سورت النازعات is a مکی سورة and Ibn Abbas رضی اللہ عنہ said that the revelation of this سورة was immediately after that of سورت النبع so سورت النبع سورت النازعات they come together in the Quran one after the other and this is how they were revealed also one after the other النازعات is the name of the surah. And what does it mean? Those who drag forth. Those who pull out forcefully. And this is referring to the angels. At the beginning of the surah, the description of the angels is given. Their different characteristics or the different work they do, that is mentioned. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath by that. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والنازعات غرقا By those who extract with violence والنازعات by النازعات Plural of the word نازعه And نازعه is from the word نزعه نون زايعين النزعه is to pull something forcefully to extract it from the same root is the word tanazur, which is used for fighting. Because when people are fighting each other, they're basically fighting over victory or the truth or being proven right. So it's as if each group is pulling out victory from who? From the hand of the other. Nazar is when a soul is overcome by the pangs of death. So nazar is the state of dying, meaning when a person's soul is leaving their body. So they're overcome by the pains of death, by the pangs of death. So nazi'at, those who pull out. And this is referring to the angels that pull out, that extract. How do they extract? Gharqa. Gharq is a noun that is describing Nazi'at over here. Meaning the manner in which they extract is what manner? It is the manner of gharq. Gharq is to immerse, to drown, to sink. So what this means is that they go deep inside, they plunge deep, and they extract from the roots. So a nazi'at, meaning those angels that plunge deep, and extract out forcefully from within. So those angels who pull out violently. How? Gharqa by diving into the depths, meaning from deep inside. Fully and completely. What do they extract? The soul. When? At the time of death. And whose soul is it? that they extract with such violence. It is of those who deny and disobey their Lord. And what is the manner in which they extract the soul? Very harshly, very roughly. The Prophet ﷺ said, that when the soul of the servant who denies his Lord is about to depart this world and move to the hereafter, Angels come down to him from the heavens. And these angels are harsh and severe with frightening dark faces, bringing with them sackcloth from hell. They sit in front of him as far as the eye can see. Then the angel of death comes and sits at the head and says, 
O evil soul, khabith soul, come out to the anger of Allah and His wrath. And upon hearing this, the soul hides and runs within the body, and it is dragged out like an iron skewer is passed through wet wool. Just imagine an iron skewer with many hooks. If it's passed through wet wool, what is it going to do to that wet wool? It's going to rip it to shreds. This is how the soul is extracted. And this is the reason why these angels have to do gharq, because the soul doesn't come out very easily. It's not willing to depart the body. So they extract it from the body, gharqa, from deep within, meaning leaving no speck of life, leaving no trace of the ruh in the body. In another hadith we learn, until the angels place it in a shroud, Meaning as they extract the soul, then they place in a shroud, and there emanates from it the worst stench that could come from a corpse in this world. In another hadith we learn, that when the soul is extracted, the angels say to him, Come out, O evil soul, that was in an evil body. Come out, what kind of nafs? An-nafsul khabisa. Kanat fil jasad al-khabis. That inhabited an evil body. Come out blameworthy and receive the tidings of boiling water. They mention the punishment to it right at that time. And this is repeated until the soul comes out. In Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 61, Allah says, وَيُرْسِلُ عَلَيْكُمْ حَفَظَةً حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَ أَحَدَكُمُ الْمَوْتَ تَوَفَّتْهُ رُسُلُنَا وَهُمْ لَا يُفَرِّطُونَ That when the time of death comes, the angels extract the soul and they don't fall short in their duty. They don't leave any trace of the soul in the body. وَالنَّازِعَاتِ غَرْقَ They extract it from deep inside. They don't leave any trace of the soul. In Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Ayah 92-94, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَمَّا إِنْ كَانَ مِنَ الْمُكَذِّبِينَ الضَّالِّينَ If a person is of the deniers, of those who are lost, those who are astray, then what happens at the time of death? فَنُزُلٌ مِّنْ حَمِيمٌ then there is prepared for him Hamim وَتَصْلِيَةُ Jahim. This is the news that he is given at the time of death. In Surah An-Nahl, Ayah 28, Allah says, أَلَّذِينَ تَتَوَفَّاهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ ظَالِمِي أَنفُسِهِمْ Those whose souls are extracted by angels in such a state when they are doing zulm on themselves, when they are disobeying their Lord. So what happens as the angels come? These people, فَأَلْقَوُ السَّلَمَ مَا كُنَّا نَعْمَلُ مِنْ سُوءٍ Immediately they surrender to the angels and they say, Oh, we weren't doing anything bad. We were really good. بَلَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ Allah knows exactly what you were doing. So, وَالنَّازِعَاتِ غَرْقَى وَالنَّاشِطَاتِ نَشْطَى And by those who remove with ease. An-nashitat, plural of the word, nashita, noon sheen ta. Nashata. Nashata is to open something that was closed. Alright? Basically, the word is, means to open something that was closed. Now, there's different ways in which you can open closed things. Some things they open very easily, and some things they open with a lot of difficulty. When something opens very easily, how much force do you have to exert? Not much at all. And how quickly can you open it? Very quickly. It doesn't take very long. It doesn't take much force. This is nasht. 
to open something that was closed. How? Easily, gently. And from the same root is the word nashat, to feel fresh, to feel energetic and active. Because you see, when you're tired and exhausted, it's as if every limb or every joint of yours is like tied together. It's closed. It's wound up. So nashat is the state of feeling fresh, easy, energetic, active. There's no pain anywhere. So nasht is to do something gently. Because when your body's hurting and you're trying to do some work, how do you do it? How? With a lot of difficulty. Then even going down the stairs or up the stairs becomes such a big effort. But when your body is fresh, active, then how do you go up and down the stairs? Very easily. This is nasht. To do something gently, easily. So, anashitat, meaning those angels that extract the soul, in what manner? How? Very easily and gently. And nasht comes again. And this is with regards to the believer. That when the angels come to extract the soul of a righteous servant of Allah, they do so in a very gentle manner. It's as if the soul is in the body, the angels come and they untie, right? They separate the soul from the body very easily and they extract it very smoothly. There is no difficulty. The Prophet ﷺ said that when the time of a believer's departure from this world draws near, then angels descend to him from the sky and their faces are as bright as if they were the sun. They bring with them the shroud of Jannah and its fragrance. And they sit at the distance of his vision's extent. Then the angel of death comes and sits by his head and says, O satisfied soul, come to Allah's forgiveness and pleasure. So his soul exits the body like a water drop drips out of a vessel. Have you ever seen that? If there's a cup of water or a jug of water that you've just washed and you've put it on the side, then you pick it up, you turn it upside down, and the few drops of water that are inside, how quickly and smoothly do they come out? How? Within no time. So easily. You don't have to shake the pitcher. You don't have to do anything. You just invert it and what happens? It just flows out. This is how the soul of a believer exits the body. And he said, the angel of death receives it. As soon as the soul exits the body, the angel of death takes it. But in less than the blink of an eye, the other angels take the soul and cover him in the shroud of Jannah and apply the fragrance of Jannah on him, which they have brought. And such fragrance emanates from his body like a whiff of fragrance, that beautiful smell that is smelled on earth. And they take his soul and ascend up to the heavens. In another hadith we learn that when they come to take the soul of the righteous servant, they say, مَرْحَبًا بِالنَّفْسِ الطَّيِّبَةِ كَانَتْ فِي الْجَسَدِ الطَّيِّبِ They say, welcome O good soul that inhabited a good body. أُدُخُلِي حَمِيدَةً وَأَبْشِرِي بِرَوْحٍ وَرَيْحَانٍ وَرَبٍ Come as praiseworthy and receive good news of relief and favor and a Lord that is not angry. وَرَبٍ 
غير غضبان receive this good news غير غضبان and they keep repeating this until the soul is taken out what a beautiful end look at how they address the servant nafsun mutma'inna not khabitha not impure not nasty not bad no mean word only polite encouraging beautiful words what do we see here that from the time of death people are divided into two groups and each group is treated differently it's not just on the day of judgment that some will be sent to paradise and some will be sent to hell no it starts from the moment of death and the way each group is taken is received is treated is addressed is different look at the words that are being directed to those who deny their lord and look at the words that are being directed to those who surrender to their lord in surah an-nahl ayah 32 allah says alladhina tatawaffahumul malaa'ikatu tayyibin those people whom the angels come to take their souls how in a state that those people are tayyib they are in a good condition yaquluna salamun alaykum they say peace be on you ادخلوا الجنه بما كنتم تعملون enter jannah because of what you used to do has it ever happened that you go somewhere and you're welcomed very nicely right from the beginning then what happens the entire experience is beautiful but if as you enter somewhere you reach a place you're not welcomed let's say nobody even notices that you have come nobody even acknowledges your presence over there nobody comes to greet you how do you feel awkward strange you feel like running away you don't feel comfortable and if someone welcomes you with harshness with harshness and that also happens that as we reach a certain place we're treated very harshly from the very beginning then what happens the entire time we're scared the entire time we're upset so it's the way a person is welcomed is received somewhere that matters and entry into the hereafter is from when the moment of death onwards so wan naziati gharqa wan nashitati nashta in surah al-waqi'ah ayah 88 allah says fa amma in kana min al-muqarrabin farawhun wa rayhanun wa jannatu na'im if a person is amongst those who are near allah then he will be welcomed with rawh rayhan and a garden of pleasure وَأَمَّا إِنْ كَانَ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ الْيَمِينِ And if he is from the companions of the right, فَسَلَامٌ لَكَ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ الْيَمِينِ Then peace be on you, O you who is from the people of the right. In Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Ayah 92, Allah says, وَأَمَّا إِنْ كَانَ مِنَ الْمُكَذِّبِينَ الضَّالِّينَ If he was from the مُكَذِّبِينَ ضَالِّينَ فَنُزُلٌ مِنْ حَمِيمٌ You see three groups are mentioned here in Surah Al-Waqi'ah. Then the other is of the people of the right. They're also received nicely, but not at the same level as the first group. Even when you board a plane, if you board a plane, if you happen to have a ticket that is of the economy class, okay, they tell you nicely, okay, you may go this way, right? But if you happen to have something from the business class, then what will happen? Or business plus, right? They have different levels, right? the treatment is entirely different huge difference everybody's paid something to board that plane isn't it 
But look at how people are treated differently. And tell me, don't you wish when you're about to board that plane, if you could be amongst those who are sitting in the front? Isn't it? And you're like, oh, what's the matter? Why would I waste all that money? Ask yourself seriously, don't you wish you could sit on that big comfy chair that could expand into a bed and you have a TV entirely to yourself and you're being served food as if you're sitting in a restaurant and then you have complete privacy also? Don't you wish that? Everybody wishes that, which is why at the last moment even people will say, is there a possibility of an upgrade maybe? Do you have any extra seats up there? Maybe you could upgrade us. Why? If we crave this luxury and this ease in this world for a journey that may just be seven hours or four hours or 14 hours, we desire that comfort and ease. This journey in the hereafter, it's not a journey, it's a destination. This is not that a person will just, you know, go through a phase and then it'll all be over. No, this is the beginning of eternity. How you die is how you will rise on the day of judgment. So if we want comfort and ease in the few hours of this world, why don't we desire comfort and ease in our permanent state in the hereafter? Why? Why not? And in order to get there, what do we have to do? If in this world, in order to reach that level, what do you have to do? You have to spend money, you have to book your tickets in advance, isn't it? Because the earlier you book them, the higher chances there are that you'll get business plus or whatever at a cheaper price, isn't it? You have to have all those points, you have to have connections, different things, and then you get there. You don't get there just by wishing. You don't get to business class just by wishing. You work for it. You do something for it. You spend for it. So what about the hereafter? What are we spending for it? What are we preparing for it? What are we doing today to make this journey easy? There is a huge difference. Night and day difference. Look at the violence and the harshness, the roughness, the crudeness in nashitat. Look at the words in which the angels will address those people. Nazirat. Look at the harshness, the roughness in nazirat. And look at the ease. And by those angels who sabihat, who glide. How do they glide? Sabaha, swimming away, gliding away. This is again referring to the angels. And sabihat is a plural of sabiha. From the root sabaha, seen baha. And sabaha is to swim or to float. Basically, it is to move quickly through air or through water. And of course, you know, when you're in water, it's easier to move from one place to the other, which is why many times if people have some kind of pain in their body and they need to exercise, what do they say? Do it in the pool. Because you don't feel the weight of your body. It's easier to move your body and exercise in water. So, sabaha is to move quickly, to work. You understand? To move quickly or to work. So, as-sabihat, those who do sabaha. What is this referring to? The angels. And why are the angels called sabihat? For different reasons. One reason is that they swiftly 
easily go up and down from the heavens to the earth and back. They fly. So sabihat literally as in those who fly. So those who move quickly up and down from the heaven to the earth and back. And if you think about it, so much speed is needed for this because there is quite a distance between the earth and the sky, isn't there? I mean, just the sky that we know of, that we see above ourselves. It's so high to get there even, to get to the moon even, or to get to Mars even, how many years we need. Right? So much time we need. So the distance is definitely huge. We learn that the distance between one sky to the other is how long? 500 years. 500 years. And it is also said that the sky, that the universe that we know of, this is all within the, within the first sky. Because we can't go beyond the first sky. So all of this universe that we know of, the space as far as we know, this is all what? Within the first sky. Now imagine the angels go all the way up. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh sky. Imagine. And they go multiple times. And how do they go? Sabihati sabha. So easily. And whatever work they are given, they do it swiftly. The Prophet ﷺ said that Allah has certain angels that come to the earth in turns. A group of angels stay with you at night and another group of angels by daytime. And both groups gather at the time of Asr and Fajr prayers. Then those angels who have stayed with you overnight ascend to the heaven. They go up and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks them about you. And He knows everything about you. But he asks them anyway, that in what state did you leave my slaves? And the angels reply, when we left them, they were praying, and when we reached them, they were praying. What a great testimony for those who pray on time. So sabihat, the angels go up and down so easily, they cover such huge distance so easily. They also move about, we learn that some angels go around the streets and roads, through markets and busy places, looking for what? Looking for what? Gatherings where people are sitting and remembering Allah. So sabihat, those who fly, meaning they go about without the need to walk. They go about without the need to walk because they can glide through the air. Do they have wings? Do they have wings? Yes. Uli ajnihatin. So sabihati sabha. The Prophet wasallam said, Allah the Exalted has angels who travel the roads seeking out the people of dhikr, meaning the people who are remembering their Lord. When they find people remembering Allah, the angels call out to one another, come to what you are hungry for. Come to what you are looking for. So the angels, they all come there, and they enfold that gathering with their wings, stretching up to the lowest sky. And their Lord asks them, and He knows them better, that what are my servants saying? They say they're glorifying, magnifying, praising you. He asks, have they seen me? They say, no, by Allah, they have not seen you. He asks, and how would it be if they saw me? They say they would be even more fervent and devoted in their praise and worship. And there's a beautiful conversation that goes ahead. But sabihat, what do we learn from here? That the angels who go about swimming, gliding, why? Looking for people who are doing dhikr. Sabihat also means, the third meaning is, those who do tasbih. 
So sabihat as in those who do tasbih, those who glorify Allah. In Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah 30, we learn that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the angels He was going to appoint a khalifa on the earth, what did the angels say? What did the angels say? أَتَجْعَلُ فِيهَا مَنْ يُفْسِدُ فِيهَا وَيَسْفِكُ الدِّمَاءَ نَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ So the angels praise and glorify Allah. So وَالسَّابِحَاتِ سَبْحَا فَالسَّابِقَاتِ سَبْقَا Then by those who race each other. سَبْقَا in a race. سَابِقَات سَبْقَا سِينْ بَاقَاف سَبْقَا Sabaqa is to get ahead of another in a race. So basically imagine three, four people are walking together. So when one of them gets ahead of the rest, this is what? Sabaqa. He got ahead of them. But because he got ahead, what will happen? The others will say, we gotta get ahead. Alright? So then they try to get ahead. And then the first one is like, well, I'm behind now. I gotta get ahead. So you see, this is, you know, getting ahead of each other leads to almost a competition, a race. And it's so natural, isn't it? Isn't it? It's amazing how even when driving, I don't know what gets into people. Person is driving normally. Oh, I have to get ahead of him. Why? I mean, there's a red light in front of both of you. Isn't it? When walking, even children, what happens to them? When going up the stairs, what happens? It's like everything becomes a competition. Everything becomes a race. And really, if you look at the situation, are you going to get a trophy if you get up the stairs first? No. Are you going to get some money if you get to the red light first? No. Then why do we race? It's within us. This desire to get ahead. But unfortunately, we use this in wrong ways. We use this in wrong ways. We use this only for dunya. We use this for the sake of our ego. We don't use it in the right place for the sake of the akhirah. It's amazing. I mean, what happens to people when there's a weekend and there's special discounts and special sales? What happens to us? That's what we're doing. Get online before other people, get to the store before other people, get to the parking before other people. Make your 10-year-old stand in line while you still go shop around. This is what? We're doing this for the sake of Dunya. The angels also sabiqati sabqa. They race each other also. But for what purpose? In obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In carrying out the commands that He gives them. They don't become lazy over there. We get lazy over there. When we have to do something good generally, we wait for others to get up first. It's Isha time, everybody has to pray. Oh, shall we pray? Oh, sure, I was waiting for you. Oh, I was waiting for you. Doesn't that happen? When it's time for prayer, we keep waiting for each other. But when it's time to do something worldly, then what happens? We don't wait for each other. We get ahead of each other. So, فَالسَّابِقَاتِ سَبْقَى The angels, how do they race each other in good work, in obedience to their Lord? Look at this hadith. Rifa'a radiallahu anhu reported that one day, while the people were praying behind the Prophet ﷺ, when he raised his head from rukur, and he said, سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدَهُ He said, سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدَهُ That Allah hears the one who praises him. 
So a man who was praying behind the Prophet ﷺ, when he got up from Rukur, and he heard the Prophet ﷺ, سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدَ The man said, رَبَّنَا لَكَ الْحَمْدِ O oh, our Lord, for you is all praise. حَمْدًا كَثِيرًا طَيِّبًا مُبَارَكًا فِيهِ Praise that is a lot, that is beautiful, that is blessed. So he said this. After the salah was over, the Prophet ﷺ asked, who said those words? Who said, رَبَّنَا لَكَ الْحَمْدِ حَمْدًا كَثِيرًا طَيِّبًا مُبَارَكًا فِيهِ So the man replied, I did. He thought he was in trouble. And maybe he wasn't supposed to say that. He said, I did. And the Prophet ﷺ said, I saw more than 30 angels racing with one another in order to be the first one to record the reward of these words. 30 angels racing to record the reward for these words first. Instantly there is a competition between 30 angels. What would we do? Oh, okay, somebody is doing it. Oh, does it have to be done? Really? Oh, I saw three people already doing it. Why should I bother? Sabiqati sabqa. I should have the fortune to do this good work. Yes, others are doing it too. But why should I get left behind? Sabiqati sabqa. The Prophet ﷺ, when he went for the night journey, and he prayed in Baytul Maqdis, he said, when I ended the prayer, someone came to me and said, this is the angel who is the keeper of fire. Meaning, Malik who is the khazinun nar. And he has come here. So, O Prophet ﷺ, greet him. The Prophet ﷺ was asked to greet who? This angel who had come. So the Prophet ﷺ said, I turned towards him, but he initiated the salam. Before I could say the salam, the angel said salam. Sabiqat. Because there is a difference, right? In initiating the greeting and responding to the greeting. There is a difference. The one who initiates it gets more reward. But what do we do generally? What do we do? We wait for others. They should greet me. Right? I'm older. I'm more knowledgeable. I'm this. I'm that. They should greet me. And look at this angel. He didn't wait for the Prophet ﷺ to greet him. He initiated the greeting. So, فَالسَّابِقَاتِ sabqa. Some have given the interpretation of this ayah as the angels who are really fast, meaning they leave behind everyone. The shayateen cannot catch up with the angels. Because the angels, they receive Allah's commands and they go immediately to carry them out. And the shayateen, they try to find out what's going on, but they get left behind. They cannot catch up with the angels. And you see, this is true. When a person races in good work, then who can catch up with him? No matter how much others try, they cannot. They cannot. Because when a person races ahead in good work, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives him more and more opportunities. He opens the doors of goodness for him. Then one good deed leads to Another, which leads to another. So, فَالسَّابِقَاتِ sabqa, And like this, a person keeps racing ahead. He keeps moving forward. He keeps growing. فَالسَّابِقَاتِ sabqa. 